0: As we continue in our series on advent, I hope you will open your Bibles or pull it up on your phone or whatever you may to 1 John chapter 4, maybe a familiar passage in some ways. Uh, as we continue on this journey of the light of Christmas. And in allowing the light is the theme verse. Uh, kind of my pick for this month has been the, the verse from Isaiah. The people walking in darkness, seeing a great light. The light of Christmas that will light the way. Uh, I hope you will join us on uh, Christmas Eve, whether in person or, or online. I'm, I'm crafting together uh, my message there that is uh, tentatively titled, Come and See." and then a special Christmas morning where instead of come and see, the title is working on Go and Tell. See, because the point of the light of Christmas, the point of of hope, of, of joy, of peace, of love, isn't that we just come and get and do nothing with. We must do something about it or with it. But many of times in life, we, we hoard stuff. At least I've known to do that. Have you, have you seen my bookshelves? You know? Uh, yeah, you have, Noah. There's a lot there, isn't there? You know, and and really, you can never go wrong with a good book, but i got a lot of them. Uh, on my computer here, I have probably close to 10,000 volumes uh, that, that I have. Uh, do you think I've read them all, Noah? Probably not for the right answer. Absolutely not the good answer. You know, but but books and knowledge. Exactly, Ella Rose. you got it, girlfriend. You've got it. You just say amen. That is your first word. Amen. Yeah, time words, too. Alright? What was it? Books. Well, warning. We hoard things. We, we don't want to give it away necessarily. We, we may love to give gifts, but we don't want to give the gift that we were given to somebody else. Unless it's a white elephant there. Or something that we just go, really? You got me that? You know? And then we're, then we are looking to give it away. Yes, as we are learning in our study of the light of Christmas, as we will see this morning in 1 John 4, that isn't the way of Jesus. And one of the areas where we see this a lot is with the idea of power. We all want power. It's one of, I would argue, one of our innate needs that we have. This idea of, to some extent, independence and autonomy looking around our world and we see protests in many ways because of power. The people of Iran and China feel like they have no power. To some extent they're they're exactly right, And they're trying to revolt against power but the thing about power is those who have it also don't want to lose it. At least If they're thinking from their own perspective. Power can be very subtle. Where we don't even realize that dynamic that we play with this. You know, uh, and we have to, I think, become more and more aware of how we are using the power we have as parents, as grandparents, as siblings. We actually have more power than we think. How are we using that power? We must stop and reflect. Even in churches, we've got to be careful that we don't hold on to the power that we've always had. We must learn, you know, again, the way of Jesus. We also know this, and especially Christmas, that relationships are powerful. For some of you, you can't wait Get together with family. Others of you can't wait to be done getting together with family. Nadia, I I saw that. I'm just kidding. Uh huh, uh huh. Alright, but no, you get that. We know that in healthy relationships, healthy community that people in those relationships are better mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. In communities where there are not good relationships or kids that do not have safe, secure relationships, either in the home or in the community, they're sicker, they act up more, they're depressed, they're anxious, and all those things. One of the plagues I think we have in our modern day world is the plague of, of not having community, connection, and good relationships. And that's why we're looking here, and I try so hard to create some of those things to keep the connection between what we do on Sunday mornings going on throughout the week. You can't do it alone. But we try so very often. I wish I could figure out how to do this better. I wish I had more time to do more of this, where we're together exploring things, the power of a good community. But so many times, we, in our relationships, abuse our power. We, we seek to keep instead of to give. There is a word that is uh, so needed in our world yet so hard when we cling to the power of either not having it or having it it's the word reconciliation. That's a hard word and it's a hard task. And some of my work As a pastor, my hardest work is the work of reconciliation and getting people to go beyond just forgiveness into the path of reconciliation. They're separate. But both are necessary. I believe we, as the people of God, when we rightfully understand forgiveness, love, and reconciliation and how we have been reconciled, we are the ones who can show this world what that looks like. Yet, too often, we are plagued by the same issues that we find in our world. I know that for some of you here, church has not not always been a safe place. Whether it's leaders or pastors or others, have used the relationship and the power of the church for harm and not good. Some of you, that may be new news. And I don't mean to bust your idea. I don't mean to bust your idea of the church, but as I read in MT right this week, he, he kind of commented he was talking with a friend about 10 years or so now, and they thought that every church ought to have a sign out front. What if that's what the sign read? Enter at your own risk. Think of that for a moment. We <coughs> may not like to admit it, but for many, entering at their own risk has been very difficult. Entering at our own risk, I, I can tell you, there have been many times. Where, where I wasn't surprised by how people outside the church treated me as much as I've been surprised by the people inside the church have treated I've been in trouble over my 20 plus years of ministry because I dared to use toilet paper for a game for youth group. and I was told how dare I? Shouldn't I just teach the Bible? Well, they missed the fact that we taught the Bible for exactly the next 30 years after the I've been cornered by a, a person on a deacon board because the teenagers picked up the deacon's offering that day. And it was going to go to a local homeless shelter instead of the deacon private. And I literally got cornered into a corner. And I'm trying to look for anybody or somebody that can at least I can talk to. No one can, so I gotta just quickly try to keep walking backwards to my office. I've been told things. I read every week, much to my dismay, about fellow pastors who use the boat, but not for for good things, but to humiliate those that disagree with them. I've been in settings where it has been fellow uh, Christians and pastors who are quick to say what is wrong with my theology, or lack thereof. I have seen in my own heart where I have abused my own power over years. And this is why I agree with M.T. Wright when he says, we need a reformation of love. We, as the people of God, we ought to have the corner market on love. And this is why John says again and again in this letter to the early church, they had the same issues we did about love, love, love. And interestingly enough, John is known as the beloved disciple, the loved one of Christ. But John is also the disciple. But if you read in the book of Luke, was one of the very first who, when, when a Samaritan kind of cursed Jesus, he was the first to say, Lord, let us use this power that we have to smite them. Gotta love them, Right? Come on, some of you have seen your enemies, you've had people, say something to you, maybe your first thought was, oh, Lord, yeah. Get them good. Maybe it's just me, okay? All right? But, But this was it. There was something as he came closer and closer to Jesus. That he would come through and he would say things like, whoever does not love does not know God. This is how we know we love God. By loving one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is in us. John isn't talking about this, as we will find out today, this concept of love that our world has. And it doesn't mean every time you love, you that, that is God. Okay? We, we met with my brother and sister. law we had a great dinner last night. I loved every bite. But that deep, that meal, okay, that, that cheesecake that I was glutton at the end for and loved every piece that I had, I was not partaking in God as I loved that cheesecake. Okay? But that's not what John is talking about here. He's talking about this love that is shown in the heart and character of God and Christmas, gives us God's heart on display, he says. No, he doesn't say Christmas, but don't miss it. He says, this is love. Not that we love God, that he loved us and sent his son as a atoning sacrifice for our sins. Do you want to know what love is? Look at Jesus. The love of the baby born in the manger. The love of the baby who grew up into a child and found himself in the temple. The love of the child who grew up into an adult and called others unto himself, who went about life. Paul gives us this great picture in Philippians chapter 2 where we, we see just how much we have to learn about how to live out power in a loving way when he says Jesus, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Christ didn't go around using his power to say, look at me. He used his power to serve others. Love is meant to be lived. It isn't an emotion that you feel and express. Love isn't an ideal that you are to think about. It is to be lived out. Jesus just didn't sit and say, I'm going to think about love today. He didn't say, I feel love today. And you ought to feel love too. He lived it out. He did acts of love. Love is meant not to be hoarded, but to be given. You see, we can do that and miss the point. I can show loving things to me. I can give things to others. And it will look loving. And I can sit back down and I can say, oh, look how good I am. Look how much I love. John goes on to say, that's not what it's about. It's not about just doing things. But love is best in dwells. Whoever lives in love, may I also say, whoever lets love live in them, lives in God. And God in them. My favorite Christmas verse, is John 1, is it John 1, either 13 or 14? The word became flesh and made his dwelling within us, with us. Jesus didn't just live out love, he indwelt it. It was who he is. He was never not loving. It was something that he didn't have to try hard to do because it was just a part of who he was. And this is what our world misses. This is what we as the people of God understand. That when we live in that, it isn't necessarily hard or it shouldn't be that hard to love others. But the problem is, is we, we hoard it. We're afraid if I don't if I don't need enough love that if I give some away, I won't get it back. <clears throat> if I love Queen. And he doesn't tell me, "Oh, that was so loving of you, Pastor." That maybe I have failed. That I've not loved enough. The reality is, if we start to grasp what John is saying here about love, about how love is coming from the Father, how God Himself in Christ is love, then even though the world may not love me, Jesus loves me. Even though I may never get love back from anybody else, the love of Jesus Christ will not run dry. Because he cannot run dry. Is this not what he said to the woman at the well? If you knew who was asking you for a drink, you would ask him for a drink of the living water that will never run dry. lights. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. John, in the very first chapter again, says, light has come, and darkness cannot overcome this. I need not be worried. But here's the thing. We can't do this ourselves. We have to have the love of Jesus, which creates and sustains our love. It isn't me manufacturing this. I must submit to Jesus. I must submit to love himself. And I can't do it my way, on my terms, when I want and when I don't. And this is why churches are risky places. Because we fight a battle. I want to love you on my terms. The way I want to love you. When I want to love you. And, and, and John in the early church, that was the issue. They were trying to figure out how to love people who are different. How to love people who don't believe exactly the same thing. Like, are you allowed to have bacon on your uh, for Thanksgiving or not? Or Christmas or not? You know, someone's absolutely not. I would say, absolutely. How do I love you when you disagree with me on something important like that? Love, love, love. Love comes from God. And so we know and we rely on the love God has for us. Notice he didn't say the love someone has for you. But on God's love for you. And how do you know God loves you? The Major, the cross, God's love for you. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life now and into eternity. He didn't send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Are you relying on the love of God this Christmas? Are you trying to manufacture it? Are you trying to uh, decorate the tree to remind yourself of that? Are you trying to put the perfect lights outside to try to remind yourself of that? You, are you searching for that perfect gift to show that loved one you are loved? They are loved. Alicia, you're not getting the perfect gift. Sorry. Okay? Well, I hope that's still possible. Okay? If she's expecting the perfect gift for me, to, my expression of love for her, guess what? She will be sorely disappointed because I will mess it up every year. Does that mean I don't love her? No, I do more than she'll ever know that I can express. Okay, but if 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 her love, or if, if her value depends on how well I show her love, yeah, you could just shake your head. That's going to be messy. That's why John doesn't say your love for one another depends on one another. He says you rely on the love of God. That's right, sister. Amen. That's what she's saying. You guys don't know it. I speak baby. All right, I speak toddler. When we rely on the love of God, we never worry about whether that is received back. Jesus never went around going, "I wonder if they're going to love me today." He was secure in the love of his Father, which allowed him to love others. Boldly, faithfully, thoroughly. Because if I was Jesus, man, I don't know that I would put up with John and Peter as well as he did. You get it? I mean, John wants to cast down fire from heaven to kill people. And this wasn't like early on in their walk. This was like towards the end uh, of Jesus' ministry with them. Okay, and then not only does he do that, but John and his brother James. I'm going to blow this candle out as yes. it is it, a, a little low. I got a new one for that one for the rest of the week. Uh, but then later on, John said, "Like John didn't get it that time." John said, "Hey Jesus, I want you." When you come in your glory, to make sure my brother and I, would you do this with Josiah? Would you put Josiah's people in and say, Jesus, I want my brother and I to have the seats of power and recognition and honor when you come and you get people. Because that's what the second coming was all about. Uh, his can be a little lower. Bit... His can be a little lower than yours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you see what John is saying? Here's the beloved disciple. Who says great things that at one point in time wasn't allowing Jesus to create and sustain his loved brothers. He thought, hey, hey, Jesus, you and I are buddies, right? You love me, right, Jesus? I want to be ahead of Peter, can I? I? And I want my brother to be ahead of Peter, can he? Just keep Peter down. I want people to know I'm important. I want people to know I'm powerful, that I'm right, that I'm in the good way. And Jesus says, the greatest will serve. John, even if I wanted to, that's not my place. Go and serve. No wonder I think John got it made no wonder, I think John, as he reflected, he gives us some of the most powerful words we could ever read in scripture about love through his gospel and his letters. Love for John and for Jesus wasn't something you create on your own. It was something you reflect on the creator of love itself, which is why John says God is love. Not a love that's based on feelings. Not a love that is based on preference. Not a love that says, uh, whatever I want is okay, but a love that says there's something greater to life than this world around us. And that's why he says, perfect love casts out fear, because in love we do not fear the future. The future, which John wanted to come right then. The future of the second coming, which is a time of judgment. But if we love as Christ loved, and we are sustained by the love of Jesus, I do not have to worry what God will say. No wonder Jesus was never worried about his end. Do you realize that? He was never worried about his future. You know, even when the disciples, as, uh, as Ron is teaching us this week, John 11, he's going back to Jerusalem. His disciples knew what that meant. Because Thomas said, well, let us go and die with him. But it doesn't matter if Jack corners me to tell me everything he disagrees with. There is promise some truth there that I need to submit and, and, and accept. But if I know that my Savior loves me, and I'm doing my best to love him and rely on his love, then guess what? I don't have to fear my future. Because Jesus will take care of our future as we will learn maybe the rest of this week, in the danger, the love that was born there. I mean, he was born into conflict and hatred. We learned from Matthew, too, that the king of the day wanted to kill him right away. You know, he wanted to take care of him and all males two years' age and younger. But the Lord wasn't afraid, not just because he was a baby, God had a plan. Bull, oh, frankincense, myrrh. Goes a, a long way to Egypt back. Goes a long way to Egypt back. Now, my Mary and Joseph, yes, they knew who Jesus was. They knew God had a plan. But I'm sure there was a little bit of anxiety going on in them. Of, what are we going to do? But God shows up and shows off in a way that gives them. So you and I, when we are loving like Jesus loves, need not be afraid of what will happen. Because God will make all things new. This is the hope of Christmas. So may we love like Jesus. Will you as well love this week? Will you? love without worrying about whether it will come back. Because see, if we really believe what John is saying here, that God is love, that Christ is love, that we love because he first loved us, if we realize that we have been loved first, then he's not going to stop and bring him. And he's just going to continually go and go. So how will you love like Jesus this week? How will you love those that Jesus will love this week? How will you rely on the love of Jesus this week? For some of us, who are in positions of power. We need to just realize that and be careful. of us. We need to realize that we are loved. You are loved. Maybe not by your family. Maybe you can't leave and get them out of the house and go on. Maybe you're secretly praying. A certain family member just fails to show up. Be nice. It may be easy. But know this. You are love. And so you can love the unlovable. You can love the quote unquote unworthy. You can love those who hate you. You can love those who persecute you. You can love those. Because God loved you first. I believe that this world is right for another reformation. This time, the reformation of true love. Not love as the world understands, but we are the people of God. We, as the people of God, understand love better or ought to. Because we have the spirit of God in us. Do you see this here? He says again and again. He says this in verse 13. You can't miss it. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. That's why we continually have to pray, Lord, wake me up to the spirit of God that is within me. We really don't need to be filled anymore with the Holy Spirit, if I understand Scripture correctly. We have all of the Holy Spirit we need. We just got to give up control to the Holy Spirit that is here, that is there. we got it. That's why John says the words he can say. That's why he says love one another. Because it's not a task that we can fail in because we have the Spirit of God, who will not let us fail in doing the things of God if we will just submit to the Spirit of God. And then, we will truly see God show up and show off. Because love is power. It was love that ushered in this virgin to have a... It was love that ushered in two barren and really old people in Zachariah and Elizabeth to have a boy named John. It was love that took this, this good-hearted man in Joseph to not do what he could have done, but to faithfully love this girl that all he knew was pregnant and it wasn't his. But he was going to honor, love the Lord, and love her. And he went through it with her. Alicia and I had a conversation I think it's important for us to see it. Maybe I get myself in a little trouble. uh, Well, When we understand biblical manhood, we need to understand people like Joseph who faithfully loved Mary and didn't shame her for what he didn't truly, I don't think, understand. Because how could? He? Here was a gentle, kind and caring man that was strong in his love for God and others. that didn't demand what was rightfully made in this, didn't try to make it work so he didn't have to deal with questions. There's a biblical manhood piece there that I think we need to be begin and I think there's the call of love. The love of God that angels would sing about so the poor shepherds, the outcasts, would be some of the first to go and pay tributes. The love that created a new star to guide the way for men from afar to worship this one born of love who was also the king of the world. Love like Jesus. No easy task. But it will reform our world and transform our world. That is the light of Christmas this day. So I ask you as it says in the Spirit, may you and I love like Jesus. Will it be hard? Absolutely. Will we like it? Maybe not. But if I truly believe that Jesus is Lord, it's not about whether I like it. It's about whether or not he says to do it. And when he says to do it, he's given me the spirit to do it. So I need to walk in obedience of okay. him. Will you pray with me? Father, I can come to you during this time that we may come to love you and love others more. Your spirit gives us the power. We don't have to ask Him. Because that's the wrong question. We can. You have given us the ability to do all things in you, especially love. The question is, is will we? Will we love others? Will we rely on your love for ourselves that will be a catalyst so we can love our community? Because see, when people start to realize how loved they are, they start to want to know why. Why? And then we can reflect the truth of John, first John. We love, because God loved us in sending His Son, so that we may be reconciled to Him, and so that we may live in love. And so, Lord, as we are reminded of that this day, may we travel this path of